Welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, a place where you don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. My guest tonight is Michael Horn. He is the American media representative for the Billy Meyer UFO contacts. Meyer's evidence includes more than 1,200 stunningly clear UFO photos, films, and video, as well as sound recordings, metal samples, and over 26,000 pages of information. Michael is the writer, producer, director of the award-winning film, and Did They Listen?, as well as the co-producer of the documentary, As the Time Fulfills, which presents an abundance of evidence that authenticates the Billy Meyer case. Once again, thank you for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Greetings, boys and girls. Welcome aboard to another special edition of the Michael Deacon Program. Feeling good here tonight. I hope you are also doing well wherever you may be on this island earth. Pat yourselves on the back. We survived yet another week and we're back together like a big, happy, dysfunctional family. In a moment, I'll be speaking to Mr. Michael Horn here. There's so much to get into tonight. I don't want to waste too much time here talking. However, don't forget, you are more than welcome to call into the program. Just remember before calling in, Go to a quiet location away from the stream. Don't just sit there behind your keyboards. Let your voice be heard. That number is 760-332-8724. I'll repeat that once more. 760-332-8724. You can also join the chat room over at michaeldeacon.com. And now, for your listening pleasure, Michael Horn. Good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Did you just try to call me a second ago or anything? No. Oh, good. That if wasn't me. called me. I thought it was going to be you, and then I realized this isn't me. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just weird. Anyway, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fantastic. I can't really complain. Oh. I'm glad. I'm. You know, I'm really glad you can be here. I especially love talking to you, Michael. Well, thank you. This is a good show that, you know, when we do shows together, I'll put it that way because it is together. Um, right, it's right. Very thought, it's very thought-provoking, and... <laughs> It's I, fun. Know, it's it's a fun show. I mean, you you get so much heat here, Michael. The comments still pour in on YouTube. Oh, great! <laughs> Your detractors are, are wild. They never go away. Ah, well, I'm glad to talk about anything you want, and including that, because you know, in my my opinion, uh, people who have been, you know, looking into various claims about UFOs and ETs and all this other stuff, right. you know, and they find the Meyer case or I bring it to them sometimes because I think there's a forum. Oh, gosh, these guys will want to know. 
and almost to a person they want to attack. And uh, I have a, a thought about this. I have a few thoughts which are like this, if I may. I, I mean, I don't no, want to you know, no, want to say first, so I can wait. No, Michael, you're doing a fantastic job. Take us through. Okay. Here's something that nobody that I know of in the UFO, let's just call it the UFO field, seems to ever talk about. And that means the organizations, the so-called UFO experts, not a single one of whom really is. What they fail to ever bring up is that the actual confirmed existence of intelligent space traveling life would be the single most important discovery, event, story, whatever, in human history. And that would be exceeded only by contact with such life forms. Instead, we know, you know, from all of our uh, involvement in the media and everything else, that the idea of ETs, extraterrestrials, aliens, UFO, it's, it's taken for granted that there's, you know, there's a million contactees and a zillion abductees and hybrid babies and nurseries all over the country. You name it, right? Yeah. There's everything. Everything except the only thing lacking literally is one piece of evidence, and that is in terms of all of the other cases and claims, so-called cases, other than the Meyer case. Now, people don't like, a lot of people don't like, that I have that position. But the thing is that I have that position because after almost 40 years of research and investigation, and I've done what virtually none of the others have done. I mean, I've gone. Uh, I've been to Switzerland 18 times. I've interviewed tons and tons of people who are witnesses, apart from the fact that I am one myself. I do that usually out of the whole thing. But Yeah, you don't really talk about that, but you've had several sightings yourself, if I remember correctly. Well, I've had seven sightings of craft, only two of which I feel very sure were extraterrestrial. Right. And, and I don't even think it's that important. I mean, there are people who had a lot more sightings. In Switzerland, there's people who had repeated sightings of the play iron craft, some of whom have taken photographs of it. I mean, people don't know this. So this is, how can I put it? With where we are historically right now, with the events that are upon us and are unfolding, the short-sightedness, the arrogance, the, well, I'll leave it to those two kinds of uh, adjectives about people. The school who, shooting, Michael? Oh, yeah. My goodness. Another school shooting. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to cover this, you know, because you said people who are detractors or attackers or whatever. Right, right. And, and we also, Michael, before we, we jump yeah. right into this, we also left off uh, on disclosure. I was just bringing on Stephen Bassett. And, <laughs> you know, Michael, I had ran out of time, but I was going to bring up the Meyer case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's going he's gonna to come back. Good. Yeah, he'll uh, come back, and I know you. I know you've sent out that open letter to him. Oh my gosh! And I, I know you're not a big fan. I no. Um, it's not that I'm not a big fan. First of all, I personally have spent over six hours on several occasions altogether, six maybe eight hours with Bassett, and the sum and substance of it was, he knows the Meyer case is authentic. It's not time for it yet. We have to send faxes to Washington, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I say this. Simply because, look, you know, the UFO field is one of the few fields in which, and he's in a field called 
exopolitics. Right. I meant, I, I meant, I didn't mean to single him out. I meant the group that he represents. You're not a very big fan of the exopolitics. I'm not a fan of any of it. Um, yeah. I hear including you. Them because they are perpetuating such a terrible, terrible fraud on humankind in their own way. And I will tell, I, you know, believe me, I will say this to people's faces. I have no problem with that because to me, this isn't, you know, number one, this isn't about entertainment. It's not about getting people to run around in circles, chase their tails, chase lights in the sky. There's nothing that anybody in this audience or on the face of the planet, frankly, can do with UFOs and extraterrestrials. We don't have access to that. We have evidence that we can look at and try to determine the truth from it. But there isn't anybody out there, especially all the characters who are going to these events and babbling about stuff, third-hand information at best, that can do anything with it. And they have no evidence that what they are speaking about is truly extraterrestrial. And that's because so much of what is seen in the skies is secret military craft. So we have to, the other question that is never asked is, if there really is contact, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm claiming that Meyer has been and remains in contact with these people for over 76 years. I mean, that's astounding right in his face. But if that's true, what's the reason for it? It's not for us to have careers as UFO speakers. It's not for us to chase lights in the sky. It's a far more profound reason. And it is literally, literally about our future survival. And that is what is at the core of the Meyer case. Right. Michael, and I must ask you to put things into context for those who are new out there. What exactly was it about the Meyer case that just pulled you in that actually made you go and seek the man himself? Well, you know, I mean, the first exposure I had to this was in 1979. I walk into a bookstore and there is the first volume of the, you know, first photo book staring me in the face on a mid-level shelf. I walk over, I look at it, and all I could think of in 1979, you know, before the benefit, of course, of Photoshop and digital effects and all the rest to make one cynical is this is real. This is the clearest. My gosh, this is, this is so real. It, it, it's astounding. So, so you were blown away. Of course I was. Right. Um, and I had only that book to work with for a while until, through circumstances, I got my hands on the first 1,800 pages of the transcripts of the conversation that Meyer, uh, you know, had an ongoing conversations lasted for decades. But these were the first 1,800 pages that were officially published by Meyer beginning in about 78 uh, about his conversations between 1975 and 78. And I had those 1800 pages and I read them literally for months. First of all, the translation, Michael, uh, and all of this was done by somebody who was much more familiar with German than English. So the verbs are at the end of the sentences and all, but once you got the hang of it, the rhythm of the translation, what came alive in here was not only astounding information, but the communication between two or more people, human beings who spoke to each other without beliefs who spoke to each other factually in a respectful way to seek and to share information and knowledge, which ultimately was intended for the people of this world. Now, the people who have been most resistant to that, while they're not only in America, are predominantly in America, where we are so entertained up our behinds 
with all the delusional, illusional, phantasmagorical stuff that we cannot tell what's real and isn't real anymore. Hence, as soon as, let's just say me, I go online somewhere with the Meyer material and people come shooting up. Now, what's weird about it, Michael, is that all of these people, the most vocal and vociferous ones in their attacks and, and vituperative as well, are people who claim to be interested in UFOs and all the rest of the associated stuff. Yeah. But they come to attack the Meyer case. I'm impressed by the, the the determination of some of these individuals, though. They make new names and they go right back to attacking you. Well, you know, my honestly, God, I've said this and this is the truth. I, I it. I am impossible to insult because if somebody says a bunch of stuff at me, I've learned over the years and decades to separate it into what's true here about what they're saying and what isn't true. Now, in terms of what they're saying about the Meyer case, I can tell you flat out, I have never lied about anything in the Meyer case. And to my knowledge, Meyer has never lied about anything. Certainly not to me, certainly not in any of the available information, but the people who, you know, seem to be the diehard attackers, the kind of grudge-holding, envious types, and they really are very envious people, they want to, you know, uh, prolong a narrative about lies and fakes and hoaxes. The authenticity, and I mean the singular authenticity, of the Meyer case was actually established without a shadow of a doubt late last August, September. I don't know if we spoke about that since then, uh, in the interim, I'm trying to think if we did speak about it. But if you want, I will tell you what that is and tell your audience. And this is incontrovertible. It is no longer even something that the most hardcore legitimate skeptics, meaning people who, you know, are not simply angry naysayers, but consider themselves, you know, professional skeptics. And right. right. You might not you might not have told me about that, Michael. The last time you hear was five months ago. You know, I might not have had that resolved in the conversation, yeah. but I will, for the benefit of your audience, certainly, and if I did, you'll notice if I did, oh, you go, okay, yeah, I remember some of that. Here's what happened. Go ahead. A year and a half ago, my friend, I get a phone call on a Saturday morning from a gruff-sounding older guy, even older than I, says his name is Joe. He's an investigator. He doesn't say UFO investigator, and he never has. And he says, uh, I come across this Billy Myers thing, and I see you're connected to it. Will you speak with me about it? I said, of course. That's what I do. For three months, Michael, we go back and forth and over all sorts of stuff. And towards the end of that three months, Joe is kind of getting testy and irritated about what I'm not exactly sure. But eh, we part company. However, towards the end of last August, on a Saturday morning, the phone rings, and it's Joe, and he says, you're still willing to talk to me. I said, of course I am. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I've got no grudge against you, whatever it was. He says, okay, well, let me explain who I am, what I've done, and I'll tell you about your Billy Meyer case. I said, okay, Joe, fire away. I am, says Joe, Joe Tisk, I am the former top-level case supervisor for the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigation an outfit tasked with protecting this country. I served in that capacity roughly between 1965 and 71. And Joe then emails me documents, photographs of letters and all sorts of stuff, clearly real stuff. And he says, you know, this, you know, you can take my word for it or not. Here it is. And as I go through the stuff, which I did more after I spoke with him, th really this guy is uh, getting the kind of, 
endorsement and uh, approval everywhere. They're saying promote at earliest opportunity, promote best investigator we ever had, blah, blah. Well, anyhow, so Joe says, look, I personally vetted hundreds of cases in the military, mind you. We were dealing with people in the military, in politics, people aspiring to higher office, people who could end up with their hands on the nuclear trigger. I, I searched out moles and, and spies. I supervised other case investigators. So I have a lot of experience. I don't mind telling you that. And he said, now I'll tell you about your Billy Meyer case. I said, okay, Joe, fire away. He said, it's 100% ironclad, authentic, and I will personally take on any skeptics that want to challenge that. And Joe did, as a matter of fact. He had two phone calls, one with a guy in India who uh, goes by the name of Mahesh, and Joe, <laughs> well, and the other one was with Kevin Randall, who, who you probably know of or know. And Joe had called me back uh, about a week or so later and said, you know, I don't know how you can talk to these people. They do not understand investigation, research. They are not researchers. And so Joe wrote an entire article, which is on my website. Actually, I have it right in front of me, in which he goes through step by step the very simple, logical process by which a real investigation is conducted. And it's pretty standardized for military, for police, forensic stuff. Means, motive, and opportunity are three of the elements, which I've hammered away at without knowing Joe would show up, hammered away about this for years with the skeptics, none of whom understood, because they're not researchers. They're not scientific. This guy is. And he said to me, I went right back to the very beginning. You have information online from 1964. Are you with me so far, Michael? I just want to make sure. Oh, I'm here. Oh, good, good. good. I'm here. Don't worry. All right. So he said, that information and evidence from India, he said, I looked into all that you had on your website. What we have there, Billy Meyer, 1964, he's 27 years old. He's backpacking around many countries, India, in the middle of nowhere. With an arm. No, he, yeah, he had, he, he had, had the arm still, right? And he's got this old 1940s Bellows camera, Kodak camera, and he is interviewed by a very credible reporter for a prestigious Indian newspaper, which had been in existence for a hundred years prior and still is. It's called the Delhi Statesman. And in this article where we have a photograph of Billy, we know who this man's talking about. He speaks about looking at this man's album that contains 80 UFO photos, about a dozen of which he says to me, Michael, you still have these. You have, and these are still available. I said, yes. He says, all I need to know from any skeptic before they start running down the road and talking about fancy special effects and models. And just tell me where in 1964, this vagabond tripping around in the outskirts of Delhi, India, comes up with 80 UFO photographs that are reported on and this, some of which still exist to this day. Where to get them? And, he's, and this is where he subsequently would, have, would speak to, uh, you know, this guy Mahesh and to Kevin Randall and come back, with, you know, bursting with headache. He says, I don't know how these people call themselves any kind of investigators. They cannot answer that question. There's a reason they can't answer it, because Meyer couldn't have and didn't fake anything. He had 80 photos of UFOs that he took with a primitive camera, and that was just the beginning. And he says, if that isn't enough for anybody, Michael, you go to this guy Wally Gentleman's testimony. Wally Gentleman was the special effects director 
for the film 2001. He was no slouch. So he's shown Billy Myers UFO, uh, you know, photos, and he's asked Pullman, uh, can you uh, can you duplicate this? Uh, you know, what would you say about these films? And he says, well, I could duplicate the films, sure, but it would cost about, you know, total with everything, it would cost about, uh, oh, $80,000 and a crew of 15, and he goes on and on. So he says, well, wait, wait a minute. This is taken by a guy. These films are taken by a man now who only has one arm out in the middle of nowhere. And the guy says, no, he says, look, the shadows are correct on this and that and everything. And this was the same kind of, you know, an answer that I got from the two Academy Award winning owners of the company called, um, oh, my gosh, Uncharted Territory. They won the Academy Award for Independence Day. They know special effects. And they basically had said the same thing without knowing what, what uh, Wally Gentleman had said. They said, well, you know, we could do this now with CG, but no, no, this is, you know, you'd need a crane and you need what? No. So this is where the the controversy stops at the beginning. But it's been prolonged primarily by disinformation agents, uh, either willingly or Unwillingly, wittingly or unwittingly, meaning people in the UFO community, pseudo experts, pseudo photographic experts, people who cannot think their way out of a paper bag opened at both ends. Now, if Joe, my expat friend living in Asia, who is a friggin' military expert, he also said to me, he said, you know, I looked up that woman, Pobol Cheng, who was a child at the time Meyer was in India. 30 years later, she, she came forward in the 1990s to do a press conference, a video conference with another. He says, there's nothing in it for her to do that because the woman now, when she came forward, she was already at that point a retired UN diplomat. She didn't need grief, but she came forward because this was true. She witnessed it all. You know, and, and he says, look, this is amazing that people have gotten away attacking Meyer like this. He says, I did another thing. I went online and I searched out on YouTube every video with Billy Meyer in it that I could find. He says, I I read body language. I did it for a living. I sat in rooms with people who were very good liars. We had to see through. He says, Billy Meyer is about the most honest human being I have ever seen. And so we published this article from Joe. Uh, as I said, we can't get now any of the so-called skeptical experts to attack it, uh, to debate it, because this ends the entire UFO hoax, the disinformation, the, the uh, disclosure hoax, the exopolitics hoax, the MUFON hoax, the Stephen Greer hoax, the Nick Pope hoax. And all of them, and I, I will say this to any of their faces, give me the opportunity, or I'll say it to them on air, because every one of these people that I've mentioned has been sent over the period of years. All the evidence that is in this case links to everything. You've got Richard Dolan and this one and that one yammering on like boring academics about stuff that is, they just have no knowledge of what was it. Was it secret military? Was it extra? Well, we don't know. It was something somebody saw. So if people want to be honest with themselves, they have to get past that lie. They have to get past wanting that lie to be the truth, because the painful part of that then brings them face to face, dead right smack into the prophecies and predictions, which are now 
unfolding at such a terribly rapid rate. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, my feeling have looked at some of the recent stuff. Oh, of course. We, God, we are so deep down the hole and the smoke screen and the fluff and the distraction in every form and it, that won't let up. We are going to have those two civil wars that Billy Meyer predicted in 81 and 87 and goodness with every fiber of my being. Well, that seems inevitable. I hope we do not fulfill the most dire of these predictions and prophecies back not to 87 and not even just back to 1940s when his teacher was telling him about this, but go back millennia. And that is that if we provoke this war with Russia, that these salivating insane fools on all sides of the aisle and in the shadows are pushing for, this country will be literally turned into a cinder and a swampy one at that from coast to coast. And that has been foretold as far back as 10,000 years ago. Now, I don't blame people for wanting that not be so, but so far, virtually everything that Bayer and his teacher spot have forewarned of, including the insane woman Angela Merkel opening the floodgates to the migrant criminal, you know, rush through Europe and elsewhere. The sleepers have seeped into every country, including this one. All of the stuff that was warned about, even today, the the earthquakes going on in central Italy that Meyer was warned about in the 40s, in the 50s and 70s that are going to preclude enormous volcanic eruptions in Italy, in Germany, and here, and other places. This is underway. And we've been warned and warned and warned. But what people have done is to try to assassinate this man, failing to assassinate his character. So for those people who are the naysayers, who want to remain insignificant, impotent in their lives, that's fine with me. I, you know, I throw myself into an Internet forum here and then I realize, why did I bother? People are too stupid to care. So let's get out of there. Um, I don't mind answering challenges. I don't mind answering questions at all because this is the most important thing I can think of in my life. So after Joe Tiss came forward, then an attorney, a retired prosecutor attorney who I didn't know he sent me an email basically saying about the scientific research I'd done in the case and all the information. So basically, he said, in effect, this is proof, you know, hundreds of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. In other words, courtroom quality stuff. This is real. I have on my research team an aerospace engineer who retired from NASA, an aerospace professional who retired from Orbital Flight Systems, which is the competitor company Musk. These kind of people who know the Meyer case is real and who are working on service now of it with other people trying to contribute to an international effort to deflect the asteroid Apophis, which is heading toward our planet. And will, on one of two occasions, slam into us a lot of the rules at NASA other places heed the information. That's just, you know, a story here. But basically, the Meyer case is now, it's incontrovertible. It was already back in the 70s and early 80s, but the disinformation campaign ratcheted up and all the skeptics jumped in and the static was created. And we were, you know, hitting tennis balls over the 
net back at people relentlessly. That has stopped, but it hasn't. It doesn't mean that many people are that much the wiser because they haven't found or had the the information brought to their attention. They may not know about my blog, website, or my show, or whatever, or the Meyer case from other places. So I say that just as a big, here we are, uh, glad to talk about anything you want to talk about, but I have to go on record with that. The Meyer case is singularly authentic. It is historically unprecedented, and that is now incontrovertible fact. And I, with all due respect, people that want to say, oh, well, there's a stri-, please don't even bother. We're way past that. Other than that, you know, anything you or anybody else wants to ask or discuss, it's fine. As I said to Joe Tisk, that's what I do. Right, right. And, uh, Michael, I must ask, why just one story? You don't think any other story is valid no, whatsoever? No. Let me let me explain that. People say, well, you mean there have been no other ETs or no other crap? No, let's, let's clarify. Just in fairness, like Roswell, was that real? Yes. Were those extraterrestrial? No. Those were androids created by an extraterrestrial race, and that was one of about eight or nine crashes that ha- happened around the world. Well, what about somebody here or there ever actually seeing or meeting another extraterrestrial? Yes, that has happened. It's basically been accidental, and you can probably count that on the fingers of one hand. Maybe give them a couple more fingers if you want to be generous. But there's no contact case with anybody. There's nobody who has had anything that you can even remotely call ongoing deliberate contacts, exchanges with an advanced race of beings or one of their representatives or whatever you want to call it. And why do I say that? Because nobody has any evidence. None. Zero, zip, zilch. Claims, no shortage. Evidence, absolutely zero. Right. There's no evidence. That's what we draw from all of these stories. That's the conclusion. If people know, look, in my 40 years, I'll round it off, I've looked at just about any and everything during that period of time. I did look. I knew about Roswell in 1957. I was in high school when a kid came over to me and told me his dad's in the Air Force, and they found a flying saucer, and they took it to an Air Force base in Ohio. Well, that never left my mind because he was talking about the Roswell crash. Um, gosh, I mean, have there been other incidents? Sure. Right, right. But but nothing that gives us – nobody has anything. I mean, we can see UFOs till the cows come home. We can't do anything with that. We can't even do anything with the Meyer UFO, the only authentic evidence other than knowing when we reason through, we look at all the – everything, we go, okay, that's real. Well, what's the reason? That's when we get into the prophetic information. That's when we get into the spiritual teaching, the recommendations, the advice – Because somebody who's far more advanced and smart enough to not get into this mess with us on Earth directly because we're too goddamn stupid to handle it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And, you know, one thing I've noticed plenty of times with those who are claiming to be contactees, when they have communication with extraterrestrials, many times they'll have, um, I guess you could say, downloads or they'll talk to them telepathically it seems like the star beings always have some sort of eastern philosophical um perspective on 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 all sorts of things why is that michael have you noticed that yes because it goes something like this greetings we come to you in love and light from a dimension far above yours to let you know that you are masters of your own destiny upon your planet and that you are at a time of great change and progress as you move into a brilliant new age. What awaits you is magnificent as all of you are now coming to get. 
I mean, I, I went to, starting in 1980. You sound, you sounded like Bashar right there. Well, I was just going to tell you. You're like channeling. Starting in 86. <laughs> I saw Bashar. I saw Sean Randall. I saw this one and that one. Yeah, Daryl Anka. Uh, yeah, Daryl Anka yeah. is, you know, does his Bashar act, which is what it is. That's an act, I, right? I know the guy. I knew him from LA. I went to his events. I even played some music at some of his events as, as a songwriter. But any, you know, I, I've got a friend in Sedona that thinks he's channeling the Elohim, uh, the the creator gods who, first of all, have been long deads and they weren't the creators of anything other. Anyway, I I, I did this thing for him. I, I said, oh, you think you can channel? So I, I, you know, the only problem with channeling is if you get something like this. Greetings, high today in the mid seventies, low lying coastal. You get the weather <laughs> channel, and you're really trying to get extraterrestrial. We haven't really talked about that, actually. Now that I think about it, I have never really asked you your thoughts and opinions on those who channel and well, psychics and all that sort of thing. I've never really picked your brain on those topics. I, here's when I did New Age comedy, Michael. I had this bit. I said, you know, how many of you out there have ever consulted a psychic? Certain number of people raised their hands. I said, listen. For those of you that haven't, here's what I want you to do. Because back in the 80s and early 90s, there were flyers everywhere for psychics, right? I said, get one of those flyers, look them up somehow, get a phone number, dial it up, because in those days, people were still dialing their phones. And when they answer the phone and they say, hello, you go, guess who? Now, if that psychic can tell you who you are, mm-hmm. then yes. get a reading with them. Uh, but I, I, I did a song even about, you know, I did a couple of New Age songs about all this stuff because... It, it got to be very, very funny stuff, except that people took it very seriously, and there are people still today taking it. Oh, they take it really seriously. Well, it's escapism and psychosis and schizophrenia, so it's entertaining. But we we have to get past that if we are to survive. And uh, we have in our world, we have what's called normalcy bias. Everything's fine. It's always been this way. I open the door, go outside. It's like this. It's like that. You know, of course, normalcy bias gets a rude awakening when when an event happens, such as, you know, this morning in Texas, and, you know, just as an event, I'm not, I have no comment. It seems like it was, you know, a terrible, legitimate event. I don't know. But, or, you know, a plane crashes or this, that normalcy bias goes out the window when something really tragic, uh, you know, out of our norm and out of our control happens for a time, human beings, you know, are disoriented and they're in shock and suddenly things are not so secure and so safe. If people understood what is coming to this country economically in terms of conflicts, in terms of possibly being so foolish as to provoke Russia to destroy our country, which they and China are fully capable of doing, do not kid yourself. If people would get out of their daydream of seeking escapism, let's just say that all of our intentions to seek out channeling and UFO stuff, are motivated by a desire to know more, to know truth, to to find out what's really true. Well, folks, you can find the truth if you want it. Then the question is, what are you going to do about it? You're still going to chase lights in the sky and listen to absolute knuckleheads who claim to be contactees and UFO experts and exopolitics and all the... There is no politics with the people who Meyer has been meeting with since childhood. They think we're insane. Politics is the art of... Advantage. It's lying. It's twisting to get an advantage over other people, to get what you want and to pay some minimal cost rather than to say, what's the truth? What are the principles here we're seeking? What can we agree on? What do we not agree on? How do we get to common ground? No, no. It's all polarization. It's all conflict. 
And that's what we had bred into us by politics and religion for several millennia. Whether we like it or not, the pendulum is swinging back. Everything in life, in the universe, functions in accordance to certain immutable laws, one of which is the law of cause and effect. So when you listen to our vaunted leaders, folks, talking about, well, Iran, we're not going to allow Iran, can't have his nuclear weapon, and, uh, you know, we'll do the North Korea, what we did to Libya, if they don't play ball our way, we've got to understand something. Iran never did anything to us. What happened is in 1953, and I'm no great student in history, but this much I know, we overthrew their democratically elected government, and that paved the way for the horrors that we have today, because that also opened the door when they stuck in, you know, a puppet there, that opened the door for radical Islam. And all of this stuff is at the door of the United States. We are the purveyors of the terrorism of the world. We are the ones who essentially created ISIS and all the rest of this. I'm and glad you, I'm glad you said that because many people are not aware that all of this is state sponsored terrorism. State sponsored. And if you read the Meyer material, they tell you in no uncertain terms how far deep this goes in U.S. policies. This is not about the Space Brothers. Though. But this is also why, uh, Michael, that I just don't trust the government when they get involved in the UFO matters. Like they would be the ones to disclose anything to the general public. You're right. That's why this whole fraud, the TTSA, you know, to the toward to the SARS Academy with a with a you know a kind of dopey rocker leading the thing who's who thinks you know he's is a special guy because a bunch of spooks have seemingly let him in on big secrets. He, he's dealing with a whole bunch of people who are nothing but CIA and military, and it's an agenda to further disinform the populace. I have a blog up. I said a hundred. Pentagon spends, for instance, on one thing, $110 million to find UFOs, but they can't find the for freely available Meyer films and photos. TTSA, Tom DeLong, uses a couple of Meyer's photos, no credit. I write the guy. I send emails to that whole organization. They don't write back, of course. This is a disinformation scam. You people are being played. If you give one penny to these clowns, this $110 million Pentagon to the Bigelow guy, Bigelow is an aerospace guy. The rumor is a lot of the stuff people are seeing in the skies they think are UFOs are simply some of the stuff that he and other top-secret military developers are testing. MUFON is connected to the CIA and the State Department. They vet the best. If people bring in any good video or photos, it gets vetted through the CIA and the State Department. This we know through a guy, a former federal agent, who they tried to recruit. You people are being played with this UFO. And you know what? Think about it, folks. What are you really expert in? Any of you? I'll say it for myself. Okay. I did gain some expertise in a few areas, but it took me a lot of time. Do you think any of you know a damn thing about UFOs and extraterrestrials? Trust me, you don't. You only know, in quotes, what you think you know from all this crap that's pumped out at you that sucks you in and keeps you chasing your tail. That's the harsh truth. We don't have the luxury of that anymore. The breakdown societally, the breakdown environmentally that is coming with volcanic and, and I mean, there's stuff coming. It's all, it's been in print for decades. Right. Sling. Right. And so, by the way, Michael, before we, we move on into more of the political realm, uh, just really quickly, I've never got your opinion on this. I'm um, going back to the Phoenix Lights 
uh, incident back in 97. What what did you make of that? Well, you know, was that one of ours? Well, I'm glad you're asking because of this. See, the beauty of my relationship with the Meyer people is I am not obligated to toe a port party line and say something's true because Billy Meyer said so. I am free to and frequently say something. This is, as far as I'm concerned, still speculate, speculative because yeah. I don't know how to. But I thought, well, that's another you know military op. But somewhere in the Meyer material, and I have to find it again, I think I remember being reading somewhere that Meyer was told that that actually was one of the races that observed our Earth actually did that whole thing, that that really was a large ET craft. So, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. I, I'm kind of glad to be, you know, at odds. I, I'm suspicious about all this stuff. Oh, yes. And, you know, but they're saying, no, that was, a, that was a race that's kind of observing you, but that's it. They don't have any contact. They don't abduct anybody. They just decided to, you know, do something a little more up close and personal than head off. And that is seemingly the same group that uh, has had a lot of their ships sighted over Belgium and certain places like that. I've been waiting but, to see that happen again, Michael. Since I was a young boy. Ah. Yes, I saw that in, uh, I saw that in the news when I was very young and that really kicked up my interest in UFOs as well. It's fascinating stuff. But again, Michael, as someone, I've been within 20 feet of a small monitoring craft. I've had six other sightings, one, maybe two of which I think also were maybe play on craft, you know, regular size craft, but it doesn't matter. Honestly, folks. You could be 15 feet away from a UFO and come from another world. You can't do a damn thing with it. You want to find out why. Right. This about, you know. Exactly. And that's what this is about. It's our future survival. And my first DVD that I produced 14 years ago in 2004 is titled The Meyer Context, The Key to Our Future Survival. And I don't, I don't change my tune on that. That is what it's about. Right. Good segue here to your open letter to Ron Paul. You warned that the superpower USA could come to an end after 2020. Yep. Let's go through that. Uh, what, okay. What would you like to go through and then maybe I can bring it up or? Yeah. Go ahead and bring up that, bring up the whole article. What, what, what was Billy Meyer prophesizing? Well, what's interesting about that, um, is that he didn't prophesy that it was told to him in 19. Okay. There's a contact number 544 in which Meyer is speaking. Again, we can say alleged extraterrestrials, whatever people are comfortable with. Sure, sure. You know, he's speaking to this guy, Patat, and they talk about the, that Meyer was first told in 1975. You know what I'll do? I'll bring up the exact thing if I, I can, because I probably have it here somewhere. Not too hard to get to. Yeah. Um, so I'll set the stage while I bring up the contact for it. They are having um, this conversation, and so he says, uh, or he asks or puts it this way, he says, when I consider that which you already confided to me during my great trip in 1975, that according to your probability calculations, the superpower USA could come to an end after 2020 if nothing in this country changes for the better by then. And if those who are the USA's allies continue to dissociate from that country or even become open enemies of that country, that, that, that means could Obama be a turning point, blah, 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 about this. So he's answered, because I think Pataz really answering him about Obama, he says, that could be so. 
but also to consider is that which the Obama followers, meaning those who succeed, who follow after Obama, will do next, and which internal and external policies they pursue, because this will also determine that which will happen after 2020. Now, in the rest here, they speak about the criminal activity behind the country and the various presidents, and they go into a lot of detail, and that China will probably molt into the next world superpower. This is back from, you know, 2012, this contact, this conversation that they were having. Now, when he say that the superpower USA, you know, the way they were wording it, that the superpower USA could come to an end after 2020, I interpret it, I don't necessarily think it means that, you know, at the end of 2020, beginning to, that the country is blown to shreds unless we're stupid enough, again, to push a war with Russia. But he says the superpower USA, USA is United States of America. We will not be a United States of America for that much longer. And 2020 is not even that, what would we say, that preposterous a... It's not even that far away. That's right, a year and a half away. Yeah. Because the anarchy, you know, as we do this, I'll I'll bring up another um, thing that Meyer published just last October. And I found this, I mean, disturbingly important um, because the way it opens up, hold on here, let me get this to come up. And while you're looking that up, Michael, I'm just curious, have you talked to uh, Billy about the current state of America, how we are badly divided. Oh, well, he, Has he, he mentioned he, anything about that? Well, this is, yeah, I mean, this is the polarization in the foretelling the, uh, <clears throat> the two coming civil wars. We have to understand that th- this is not a joke, that we are... We're wrapped, we're wrapped in a civil war, and also, Michael, well, I think a great important fact is we're also involved in a holy war. I think a lot of people forget that part. Yeah. Um, it really is. You mean with uh, radical Islam? Yes, with with those in the East. Well, and you know, it's been that way for a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, Billy is the first person I know of who specifically in 1958 foretold the worldwide spread of irrepressible radical Islamist terrorism. Uh, so this is we are we're seeing this all just bang on our heads. But so people have become so absolutely dumbed down with their uh, love of just searching for information, comma, dirt on the Internet about people that they don't want to think. They don't want to use their gray matter. And this is hitting a lot of the young people today are incapable of thinking. They can look up stuff and they can text faster than the bunny rabbit, but they can't think. So here's something in October. Meyer uh, posted a new document, new prophecies and predictions that came from him. He was the one who who calculated and saw these in a vision. And this one is particularly telling. Number 16, the USA and the rulers of the USA shall be imperiled in the future in many ways, which arise from both governmental and non-governmental anti-government and anti-state actors, as well as from large parts of the United States population, so that the U.S. population breaks up into different 
population groups, the basic causes of which are already present, so that the USA is already separated into various groups at the present time. What are we seeing in California? Yes. Exactly, right? Of course. Pretty creepy, right? Man, my God. Well, you know, it's weird stuff. It's even more scary because in the same document, uh, I want to get to it. Listen to this because Meyer speaks about a, a coming global financial collapse that is going to be so bad that the depression of, you know, 1920, 20, whatever will look like a party compared to it. And he says, well, he says here, speculators will bring about a global financial and economic crisis of such proportions as has never before been seen so that the whole financial economy falls into terrible straits and also very much trouble and even scarcity of commodities occurs. But here is what the next one that might people might want to think about. Even in the USA, the people will be dispossessed as a consequence of the global financial crisis, which shall become a pretext for deploying the military and police forces against the angry and partly also heavily armed population. Oh, we gotta take away those guns. We gotta take away those guns. That's what it's about. They know this is coming. They know that this, you know, I mean, and by that I also mean, obviously, the powers that be that are fighting. Look, I don't think everybody needs an assault weapon. That's my opinion. Sure, you sure. Take yourself, you know, you, you know how to handle weapons. You have reasonable stuff. So there is, you know, proportionality would be nice. But the agenda, you know, this guns kill people thing, uh, you know, so do knives, so do baseball bats, cars, uh, pieces of glass. It's people, you know, Michael, on my own show, I did a song of mine that I wrote 23 years ago. And the first lines are, friend, I got to tell you, I never thought I'd say it isn't only guns and knives we've got to put away. It's the crazy rage inside us to do each other harm. And when we've gotten over that, then we can disarm. Take a long, hard look. Do you like what you see? Friend, it's a reflection of you and me. Take a long, hard look. There is no one else to blame. We're the ones who chose to play this dead-end game. And that I believe that 20, 30 years ago, and that's when I wrote it. So I'm, I'm going to record that one fairly soon, hopefully in the next four months. Yeah, but, go ahead. And I, I would like that. Well, I'll be delighted. I, you know, um, there's some things that I'm doing now and that I'm going to work on, and that'll be one of them. The point is this. We are so irrational, so knee-jerk, because people get polarized politically. And that means that their partisanship blinds them to the good or the bad, meaning if let's just say someone's a Democrat and somebody in the Republican Party comes up with something that actually has some merit on its own. It's a good idea. They, as Democrats, are almost compelled to oppose it, to fight against it, because that's a Republican. Exactly. So the the simple solution, we will not get to the simple solutions for quite some time because we're going to drag ourselves through unbelievable pain because it's how we as stupid creatures inundated with political and, and religious delusion have chosen to live for millennia. 
Yeah, we've when, let we've let it influence our lives and just ruin all sorts of things. And um, just going back really quickly to the whole school shooting, it seems like there's been one school shooting every week. Um, Michael, I'm, I'm curious, why exactly is this happening? We we can't just blame it on um, video games or any any anything of that nature that we're seeing on television. People are trying to point fingers here and there. Uh, People are even trying to say he was, well, what exactly is it, Michael? Well, I, I can only give you opinions and quotes kind of. Here's, here's what I'll tell you. In my opinion, there are people, uh, you know, the word bullying was used in the news today. The guy felt he was bullied or whatever. You know, who knows? We'll find out. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say something, but then I thought, well, that was just something I read online. It, it's probably just BS. Who knows? Yeah. But the point is, let's face it. So many people do have access to weapons, and they, uh, if they can, they'll resort to weapons if, uh, let's say, they're mentally unbalanced or they've been so – personally, they feel they've been so terrorized and they're going to get even. That's not something as an impulse that is foreign, especially to teenagers or to young people. That being said, let me tell you two other things. In one of Meyer's contacts, he says that of the 175 or 76 so-called terrorist acts in the U.S. between 2001 and 2015, only six did not lead back to our own secret services or intelligence services, read FBI, CIA, only six. Now, I also have a friend who's a former lieutenant in the Navy SEALs, and he also was in, served in the CIA. He worked for a brief period of time uh, for George H.W. until he realized what a dark hole he was in. And when we, when the uh, shootings in Las Vegas, you know, and the footage and all the stuff and helicopters, you know, we were talking, he says, Oh yeah, I know how that's done. He says, you know, I was trained uh, for those kind of team things too. These are done by teams. He, he said, you know, even like you go to the Florida nightclub shooting guy there, he's not the main shooter at all. Uh, you have teams that come in. Uh, it's a black cop. They come in, they know how to shoot, effectively kill people very quickly. Most of these people with their rifles and the rest, you know, they're not going to be effective with that. Um, those people are out of there. And then that guy's the patsy. He, you know, he takes the fall or takes the shots. He said the same thing with the people in San Bernardino, a couple who supposedly shot all these people at some kind of a you know, meeting at a, you know, a center there. He said, look, uh, you know, they were then cornered by the police in a freeway and, you know, blown away. He said that woman was about five foot five, overweight. He says there's no way that woman is running and doing all the stuff that was necessary and was reported. He says, he said the FBI has people that do this. He told me this. He just said they do this. It's, uh, it, these are black ops. Uh, these people are killers and they do it to destabilize and, and for various agendas. And, I mean, he's just telling me this matter of factly. He said, yeah, if, if I'd have stayed around in the stuff, I, I would have been one of those people. He said, I just, you know, couldn't, couldn't do that stuff. Yeah. I've talked to many people of high level security clearances and this and that and the other. And I, I just don't want to believe that everything has been a false flag. Well, maybe not everything. I mean, here's the thing. Let's just say some folks believe everything is. That's why. Well, you know, I just, uh, tonight, coincidentally, somebody sent me a video, an interesting video I hadn't seen, a guy that puts up about the Sandy Hook thing. Now, rather than just making crazy claims, he shows that the alleged father and mother of an alleged killed student is indeed a crisis actor who on the same day of the shootings 
was a grieving father and was a, was an FBI SWAT team guy. And then they show his background as an actor and the wife's background as an actor. I can send it to you. I'll send you a link. I, I'm sitting there watching this thing. I'm going, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, there are um, websites that exist yeah. that need that. So that that's also another factor. It just makes you scratch your head. And, again, Michael, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Who the hell do we believe? Well, you, you don't don't waste your time believing the leaders. This I, is I'm with you see, on that one. Here's the thing. For those people, well, what, what about the Billy Meyer case? What? Here's the thing. The teaching that's at the heart of the Billy Meyer case. Just like if you want to learn auto mechanics or electronics or something, you study. You get a book. It isn't a belief system. It's, a, it's an instructional. It says, you. this is how this works. Now you do this and you test that. Well, if it's a good instruction, you don't blow yourself up, you know, or short out an entire neighborhood because you've been taught something that works. At the core of the teaching in the Meyer material, which isn't written by Meyer, this is a very, very, very ancient teaching. The thing is, each person must take complete self-responsibility in their lives for everything in their lives. Their thinking, their feeling, the actions they take. Now, that might sound simplistic or, well, what does that have to do? You've got to see things as they are. So we have to look beyond all the publicity and the promo and the hype and the spin and the fake news. In 48, Meyer was told by his, his his teacher that fake journalism will become a big problem where all the truth will be buried by the paid liars in the media. He's told this 70 years ago. We're in it now. And we have to take responsibility for our own lives. So rather than believe what anybody says, you know, and there's nothing to believe in the Meyer case. That's the real irony here. Or you believe the Meyer case is true? No, I don't. I know it's true. Do I know everything and it's true? No, I haven't read everything. Most of it's still in German. Has I, Have I ever seen, found anything been shown and proven that it's a lie, it's a hoax, it's false? No. This guy, 23 attempts on his life, his arm is practically fully ripped off his butt. What's in it for him to 76 years to just patiently keep on putting up with ignorant people who want to tear somebody down at the first opportunity, who comes to try to help lift them out of the cesspool of their own thinking. So we need to, when we see stuff come across the Internet, newspaper, TV, anything else, we have to, we look, and then we turn away and we think. And we have to look for things that we can use to be rational about. Some things might be true, but many things won't be true. And there is an agenda. That's why what I read you from that document about the coming financial collapse and, and the partly heavily they were going to turn the military and the police against the citizenry here because the agenda is to take over this country. And it's already pretty well sold out in many ways. That started at least with Clinton. I remember hearing on the news when they announced something about Bill Clinton has transferred some nuclear technology to China. It's like 1995, 96. I went, wait a minute. Whoa, that's a bad idea. China, with the biggest possible standing army in the world, now is going to have access to nuclear technology, and they're not fond of us already? I remember that. Do you this re- country has been sold out. There's that it, a- it, it really has, Michael. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up Bill Clinton, because oh. that, that makes me think of uh, Mena, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. You remember what was going on there? The, the planes the with the cocaine. Down, the uh, I mean, the CIA we, connection is just it goes so deep. It makes me glad that Hillary is uh, not our president. Well, the Bayaran told Meyer in 2008 that she would not become our president. 
Well, and that right. happened when the primary, as you may remember, was between Obama and Clinton. And so Meyer asks them before the, the, the primary had been settled, who's going to win this? And they said to him, it was very interesting the way they said it, because usually they only answer the question to the point that it's asked. They said to him, Obama will win the nomination and the world and the country and the world are fortunate that power will never be laid in the hands of this woman, Hillary Clinton. She will walk over corpses to get what she wants. She's a power, you know, freak. Now, they went that far. In June of last year, five months before the election, Billy asks them, well, what is, you know, this American election coming on? What do you think of this guy, Trump? They said, well, this guy, Trump, is going to win the presidency. And you may not say anything about it, Billy. He says, well, why not? He said, you wait until it's over, because if you announce that beforehand, they will kill him. And by they, we mean elements of the Secret Services and the Democrat Party. They are going to, after he wins, fabricate a case against him. This is in the material. I've had it on my website for a long time. They will fabricate a case against him, that, alleging that he got help winning because of some phony stuff with the Russians, which will not be true. And at this point, meaning June of 2016, we don't yet know the disposition of that whole thing. But they said as far as Trump goes, well, he's a chaotic character. He's not a bad person. He uh, Many things that he wants are, he feels, you know, for the good of the American people. Uh, he has some good ideas like to get away from globalism and the TTTP. And he has some very, very bad ideas pertaining to the environment and health care. And so, you know, it is some of this and some of that, but he's, he's not really a politician. He's a party of one himself. So this will be a very, you know, unusual thing. But when they said, and that thing I read you, the USA and its rulers will be imperiled, my feeling is he's, he's, he's in the sights of some people. And hopefully, I mean, look, I don't wish that on anybody, whether I think they're a great person or not. You don't Understood. want people. Yeah. You know, but uh, this is... This country is basically up for grabs. We still think it's something, uh, you know, with the flag waving that's going on everywhere. And, you know, I think of Rand Paul, you know, and Ron Paul. I think of Tulsi Gabbard, who's a Democrat. I think of those people as being very principled from what I've seen and read. Um, they seem to be principled. I, do I have to agree with everything? No, but they're principled. And they are fighting what is a good fight for the principles they Espouse, but try to find much of that going on in this stupid, you know, government. Oh, please. Right. And, uh, you know, Michael, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican or conservative. I have no, yeah, I have no political affiliations, but I must say the Democrats and the Republicans have done their best to just completely deteriorate this country. Yep. I, I gotta be honest with you. You're right. Well, look, not only Democrats, but Republicans in government hate Trump and are working against him because they know these people are so corrupt. Here's my theory, and I don't have it from anybody else. Hillary Clinton and maybe Bill and a few others would be in jail long ago if all of the people who would be responsible for prosecuting her all the way weren't already bought off and compromised by her by being on the payroll of a stupid Clinton Foundation and everything else. You have to wonder about a, a, a Jeff Sessions. Maybe he's just a slow and careful and methodical worker, or maybe he's compromised and is, you know, two steps forward, one step back, and 
But this is a joke. All of this stuff with our government is a bad joke. And we demonize Putin. Russia has done nothing to us ever. They didn't attack us. All contraire. By the way, I, I get emails every now and then from those who listen in over uh, in Russia, and they are not happy with their government. But that's everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm just giving an example. Look, Putin is no saint. Not but right. What he's faced with, and Meyer and the play aren't explained this in um, they explained this in a thing that I just published the other day. I think I think that was what I published. There is no future. I titled it. They said the American agenda for a hundred years has been to encircle and control and dominate Russia, take it over, and they are pushing it. Billy talked last year about we will try to move a, a NATO base or something into northern Germany. It happened about a month or two later that that very thing happened. We are trying to provoke Russia. It's a bad idea because Russia is going to clean a lot of clocks. Putin said something very interesting a while ago about weapons. It was some press conference. He said, you know, we, we had been down for a long time, and then we, we went and put a lot of effort into rebuilding our military. And he says, unlike the Americans, where all this money is, you know, goes to graft and corruption and people uh, end up making a lot of inferior products, too, in their weaponry and their aircraft, we don't allow that. All the money we put into our weaponry goes to make really good weaponry. Nobody's, you know, there's graft in places, but it ain't going to go on there because that's the protection of the country. It was report. I think Alex Jones said something about it to someone, you know, uh, that the American losses in World War II and, and all of World War II combined, the soldiers, the losses were about just under half million. And then he pointed out that one day, one, one battle, in one battle, in World War II, the Russians lost a million soldiers. They were a little sensitive about being encircled and having people, because that was the, right, uh, the, the Nazis, the Germans coming to attack them. A million soldiers lost, and they still survived. The Russians are a very hardy people. They, no angels again, but they're not, they're not trying to do anything to us. This is strictly the insidious, degenerate, demonic, aggressive, violent, greedy policies that this country has been goddamn founded on. And we're still pursuing them while we pretend it's the evil Russians, et cetera, et cetera. And we have to say this because it's now up to everybody to call it out and to stop this war march and to stop all of this stuff if they care at all. Otherwise, just go back and play your stupid video games and, and listen to alien abductees and other mind control experts who are walking around not knowing what the heck they're doing. Wake up, folks. This is your life. And if you don't choose to, to, to live it consciously and be in control of it, I guarantee you there are those who are waiting to take control of it. And as Meyer said in 1958, it will be the USA and the EU that will move to biochip every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth. And that was before the EU even existed. Yeah, that's wild. This is what the Meyer case is about. It's not about extraterrestrials and UFOs. We have your attention. Here's the real evidence. We have your attention. Here's the prophecies and predictions. Now do we have your attention? Would you like to straighten yourselves out while you're still unchained, while you're still free? Or do you want to just go the way of dummies throughout history? Dummies. I agree. And by the way, that reminds me, there was an article 
U.S. intelligence reports that Russia's new hypersonic weapon will likely be ready for war by 2020. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I saw that. There you go. Look, there already are. You know, if they say that now, just like with our military, just like with China, they already have things that they're not talking about that are in development as well or already. Yeah, the the story says that the U.S. is concerned about Russian hypersonics. So obviously we're going to fish for some kind of conflict with them. Oh yeah. That's what yeah. I, that's right. what I'm sensing. Yes. We're doing, look, if, as Meyer was told, when, when they told him about Trump, they said if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, the world would be in nuclear war shortly thereafter. She was going to go for a nuclear war with Russia. That's why Trump was certainly the lesser of two dodos. And so long as he can hold that back, but he won't be able to hold it back that much if he keeps on having these CIA people, you know, so close to him and all that stuff. These people, they don't get to these high levels by being angels. You know, they, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yes. People don't like Putin. They should know what these – the woman that was just uh, appointed, what was it, head of the CIA or whatever, uh, Haspel. I mean, yeah, this Haspel. is somebody that has destroyed evidence and oversaw torture, according to very credible sources. Yeah, these are bad folks. These are bad folks with bad policies. And guess what? It's in our name. They're doing it in our name. You still happy? You still want to just go and play, watch a football game and play video games and rah, rah, rah? People, if, if you've been dumbed down that badly, I don't know, you know, maybe you should just, just get a brewski, sit there and let the rest of it go down because you're going to be useless to yourself and others. And by the way, what is your opinion on, um, former Mayor Giuliani? I have not been very, um, positive in my reaction towards his reactions. Yeah, I think in some cases Trump wasn't too happy either. But is, I, is he I, drinking? Is that what's going on? Is he is he a bit of a drunk? Who you mean, Giuliani? Yeah, is he a drinker? Because he I'll say this. he kind of comes I, across as an alcoholic sometimes. I must gotta be honest. Look, he could be. I I wouldn't sell Trump short on certain things because I think he's shrewder than a lot of the people trying to do him in. But he's up against big numbers. There's a, a lot of people that are trying to. Do them in, and you can't survive that forever. And Giuliani may be playing an important role. Um, you know, uh, Trump has also had strange levels of support from Alan Dershowitz, who is a certainly a you know a kind of left Democrat, but who, in terms of legal matters, has expressed that all this stuff you know that people are trying to do is bogus. And uh, you know, he has basically kind of uh, endorsed a lot of Trump's positions in, uh, legally. And come down against the, the witch hunt that the idiot Mueller is doing. It, it, it's a dicey thing because just the way I look at it, and I'm not a political person, but I try and just get a sense of it. They're trying to prolong this long enough, you know, for their idea of getting the Democrats in during the midterms. And then they're going to try and impeach Trump. Trump is not stupid. Whether he can do anything about it or not is another matter. Whether Giuliani is, uh, you know, a force uh, – <laughs> to be reckoned with to, to help him. Don't forget, there's judges, and the, we, you know, already judges have been bought off. Uh, this is this is you know big stakes. This because, is serious stuff. Yeah, because yeah. at the heart of it, they want a war president. They want a war economy. They want to take over the populace. They basically, you can use the word enslave, and they want to go to war with Russia and dominate. It's not going to happen. The war could happen, but we – there'll be no winners, and we certainly won't be a winner. And, I mean, it's just 
like anybody with half a brain can just see this is foolish. And when you go into the Meyer material, look, if the Meyer material was just in a little vacuum and every now and then the guy said something that might be close, we've charted over 200 specific examples. Pardon me. A prophetically accurate information in the Meyer case, scientific, geopolitical, environmental, you name it. It's error-free. They're not kidding. (laughs) They're warning us about stuff that could lead to our destruction, and they're not going to stop it. They can't. If that's the way we go, then the few survivors of the whole thing will have such a deep imprint of never again going down this crazy route that then a humankind over hundreds of years will rebuild and become sensible. Religion will be buried in a pit with fertilizer on it, as will politics, and people will start to discover the meaning of life, what the universe is, what their place in it is, and get away from all this greed and partisanship. Yeah, it'd be an interesting time. Yeah, damn, the the meaning of life, how far we are removed from such just... Such a natural way, such a natural way of living. We are just so removed from any of that whatsoever. It's, it's kind of remarkable if you really think about it. Yep. Yep. Ridiculous. And, um, Michael, we're almost out of time here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but there are just a few more things I did want to go over with you. There, sure. there, there was an article you released called the YQ Anon doesn't matter. I haven't been following any of that sort of thing, but I get asked all the time about my opinion. And from what I've been told, the original group who was involved in all of that no longer exists. And I wrote my article before that was mm-hmm. revealed. Right. Well, what, what is your opinion on this? Because I, I simply, I simply don't even know if, if any of this is real or not. Right. Well, you know, I said this to a friend of mine before I wrote the article. I said it to actually a couple of weeks before. I said, all that stuff doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. Because all of it is still getting you to be outside of yourself, to look at this little uh, 4th of July explosion here and that one there. Ooh, what happened over there? And what does this one say? And what does that one say? And I said, look, because I have, you know, sent her a lot of stuff in America. I said, yeah. here's the perspective. We've read the script. We've watched the movie. We know how it turns out. What you're looking at are just the little blips on the screen here and there. And it will turn out badly if people do not Turn away from all, what are you going to do with QAnon? What is anybody doing, even if it was still the same one? This is, you know, it's entertainment. I'm sorry. If you get into the Meyer material again, and, you know, Meyer, look, Meyer foretold the NSA, Microsoft, backdoor to your computer thing, the SOGCIA, all this stuff before Snowden, before Assange was doing. It's a matter of record. We've got it online for years, if not decades, all this stuff. So, yeah, if somebody says, oh, we just found this out or that, good. Leave it, to, you know, go ahead, petition your government, make sure you voice your thing saying, you know, go ahead and prosecute Hillary or whatever you want to do, but stop wasting your time rushing in anticipation to want to find out what the next thing is if you're not grounded in knowing and seeing where we are in the script. We're, we're moving along all too quickly in the script. This movie is playing out with a lot of people just thinking it's this and this and this. And suddenly a rug gets pulled out from under the masses somewhere in the story coming up on this level or that level. But QAnon, that was one of the rugs being pulled out. And I told her before that happened, I said, well, fine and dandy, QAnon, great. So what? So now we're getting, oh, well, it's not the real group anymore. So what? 
So what people? But no, people are going to want to just look. Some people online. are, some people are just so into it. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's amazing. I go online to look at my emails. I go and I look at the Drudge Report. I look at a few other things and, you know, certain check stuff on YouTube. And then you'll see the stuff on the side, queuing on this or that, click on something here or there. But I basically, I can know very quickly how relevant. You know, we've got Dr. Steve Pachenik is talking about this and James Corsi is talking about that and this one and that one. So what? Right. You know, so what, folks? If you are real shakers and movers in a position to do something, good. Go do that thing, and then you can report to people, because unless this train gets on another track, this is just bad entertainment. Go sell your book somewhere else. It ain't going to help here. And this is, I mean, we are trying to talk about this and get through to people. My blog, my website, my little show, people, it's time to come together in real life, not virtually with each other. Go meet people of like mind. Start doing what human beings used to do before your brains were zapped by all this online stuff. Meet, talk, debate, cooperate, interconnect, find your common values, find your overlap. I've got a friend, couldn't be more different. He's a lifelong member of a certain religion, lifelong member. We sit on his porch. Is he a Mormon? Yes, he is. How and did I know that? Well, there you go. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I'm a psychic. There you go. Uh, <laughs> hello? Yes, mm-hmm. right. So a great guy, by the way. And we'll, we sit, we get together frequently. We, and every now and then he'll say to me, golly, how is it with our different, our different, I said, our different cosmologies? Yeah, that we get along so well. And I said, it's real simple, buddy. These two circles, your cosmology and mine, you bring them together and they overlap in the middle. And that's where our common values are. Love, peace, freedom, harmony, family, service to community. That's where we overlap. It's more important than the cosmology, whether this, you believe that, I think this. Well, he says, well, you know, everything I've read from Billy Meyer, I don't have any objection to it. I said, that's fine. You know, it's great. You like it. You don't like whatever. But we focus on the things we can do something about, common values. And that's the way. If it doesn't become that, (laughs) we're done. It really are. Oh, yes. And on the final note, going back to Billy Meyer, let's talk about the soul. What, what, or let, let's talk about the soul. What, what, what the difference between the soul and the spirit as Billy Meyer sees it? That's a great one. And I'm glad you're asking. Yeah. Let's, this, let's get into that. Uh, yeah. We get into, in the spiritual teaching. There's a lot about this. The soul is a term that people came up with for the construct around the, wait for it, solar plexus it really refers to our psyche the plexus of nerves and the you know emotion and elements of our personality our ego that's what the so-called soul is it is a transitory construct that is only each in each of our lifetimes each incarnation we develop the psyche i'll use that term now so that people understand right right the spirit is the eternal immortal part of every human being and that, according to the teaching, not, I'm not making it up, and therefore I'm not saying it's true. It isn't. I'm just simply saying, according to the teaching, the spirit is like a hologram of this universe, this creation, this thing in which we all live, in which all of the universe and everything exists, is the term that is used in spiritual teaching, is the creation. And the creation, in its infinite wisdom, trillions of years ago, not a 14 billion 
when this creation came into existence, when it started to create human beings to populate the various planets that were evolving to be ready for human life, it is with a part piece of the creation, this human spirit, that will in spirit enliven, be the energy for evolution and development, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. We are not conscious of it. We, in our current level of development, even for a long time to come, we really can't do anything with it except it is always recording and absor- absorbing all the experiences, and it is like a battery that enlivens us. There's no such thing really as leaving your body. There is, uh, There are things that happen where the consciousness can extend out, and that's what we call leaving the body. But if the spirit leaves the body, we're dead. There's no reviving us. So the soul is temporary. At death, the soul, the psyche, is dissolving, but all of that which it has also created, uh, experienced, etc., along with everything that we've thought, felt, done, believed, everything in our personal lives is also being absorbed into the spirit for a process. And also it's called, it's stored in something called the storage banks, the comprehensive consciousness block. There's terms in here that are used. In the next incarnation of the person, which is the subsequent reincarnation of that evolving spirit. Let's say in the last time you were someone named Phil. Yeah. And your life had nothing whatsoever to do with who you are today, but in terms of what is available to you in a sense, in your consciousness uh, that can be brought even consciously into your awareness and all abilities and certain wisdom and stuff, that is accessible to the new personality if he or she starts to get a sense, oh, yeah, and I want to develop this ability. There's, there's so much in the spiritual teaching about this stuff that I'm, I'm not quite doing justice to it. But in each subsequent reincarnation of the spirit, a new soul slash psyche is formed. That is a completely new thing. The spirit is the ever-evolving, developing same spirit that much more evolved than in the previous lifetime. And there is just parts of us that we know nothing about. I agree. And none, yeah. Of our, yeah, none of our New Agers know, and even most of the people that are teaching, you know, Hinduism, Taoism, Buddhism, they don't know either. So that's why the spiritual teaching is especially, so especially in Los yeah. Angeles, you should see that crowd trying to teach. <laughs> that, that's a fun, that's a good laugh. Oh, yeah. Let's go down to Venice. Of course, it's been so gentrified. The new age folks have been pushed out of there. You should just go to the Conscious but, Life Expo, Michael. You'll get a good little uh, chuckle there. Oh, I've spoken at many Conscious Life Expo. None of these places will have me back, which is actually a relief because it's very draining. But they don't want because continue to do business. If 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 all the people who were in this business were telling the truth and who knew the truth were telling the truth, the rooms would you know empty out and people would go and start digging into the mine yeah. material. That will happen more in the future. We're sowing the seeds. This now is more for the coming generations. It's more for the young and the survivors app that we're bringing down upon ourselves. But it doesn't mean that there aren't and can't be and won't be more people who take it up now and go, hey, wait a minute. Let's do this, this now and not wait, you know, for 200 years. Let's not be just on the receding end of grief. Yeah. Right. And, Michael, some folks believe reincarnation is a form of enslavement. What do you got to say about that? There is no such thing as karma. We're not reincarnating to pay off debts from a previous life 
according to the teaching. These are false teachings that came from Hinduism and things like that. No, it isn't. It's like that would be cruel. In other words, we'd have to believe that life itself holds something against us so much that as soon as we're reborn, we're being punished. Yeah, I don't like that. And by the way, it's yeah. refreshing to hear you say that, by the way. I I hear so many people say, oh, karma this, karma that. Sometimes that just, it, it's it's a matter of human error. It has nothing to do with karma. That's right. Cause and effect is one thing. Karma is not real. Cause and effect is Word. operating all the time. But we're not punished for what the previous personality did in its life. We close out each life, the positives and the negatives. We may have completed enough of, quote, unquote, certain lessons that we're not drawn back into them. There's some may still appear because we still have work to do. And we'll have, we have lots of work to do because our incarnations and the reincarnations of our spirits go on for millions and millions more years. We we have just really not gotten a, 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 the, the remotest, remotest clue. True. And, Michael, by the way, you know, oh, what, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, that's why we want to take this from the beginning. You know, when we start, people attack the Billy Martin. I said, oh, no, folks. Some people cared enough, some very, very advanced human beings cared enough to find one human being who would have the strength of character, the determination, the unwavering integrity to bring into our world awareness, evidence, teaching, that which we could use if we have just enough brain cells to do it, to to evolve, to survive, to thrive. And now it's up to us what's going to happen. By the way, Michael, I'm very curious now. Um, are, are your dreams very lucid? Are, are you doing any astral projection? Are you recalling any of these uh, lucid dreams? Are you having any prophetic dreams? Well, you know, sometimes I... I, I you're cutting in and out very badly now, Michael. <laughs> well, I, I'm saying I have very colorful dreams a lot of times. Um, I like dreaming. I've always, you know, liked it. Like everybody, you have dreams that sometimes warn you seemingly of certain things or inspire you, encourage you, you know, simply entertain or scare you or puzzle you. Uh, Billy has said a lot about dreams. He's got a book. It's only in German still about dreams, but he essentially has said dreams have tremendous amount of value and symbolism and teaching, but it's up to the individual primarily to learn to decipher and to interpret their own dreams. Yeah. What that means. The, the I always say this on this program, the universe definitely does send you all sorts of uh, signs and it's you, well, the one that must decipher those signs. Well, think about this. And I've said this to people who, you know, about things. I said, look, have you ever had a, a you know really colorful dream? Have you had a flying dream? You know, you can oh, ask yeah. about all this. And most people are going to give you, you know, 80% yes at least, right? And then you just say, look, think about this. When you go to sleep at night, that means when you're not conscious, you lie down, you can't, you, you can't move anything consciously, you're, some part of your consciousness is creating universes, these dreams with, I sometimes get, Things in Italian in my I, I, I was in Italy 53 years ago and I'd learned a, so smattering of Italian. I sometimes get some stuff in Italian. I get a little stuff in German. I get the most amazing stuff. I know even when it's not amazing, it's amazing that some part of me is making this stuff that I cannot do when I'm awake. I can't sit here and suddenly my conscious awareness of the room disappears and I'm flooded with one of these fabulous dreams. What the heck are we, folks? 
We're far more than we've been led to believe. I totally agree. And with that, Michael, I do want to thank you once again for being a part of the program. Definitely have to bring you back on again, and we'll further discuss um, the spiritual teachings and the more esoteric side of Billy Meyer. Yeah, love it. You know, that would be re- really great. Um, I uh, I look forward to that whenever, you know, whenever uh, you feel it's timely, get, let me know, and we'll do it again. And then if people, you know, if your audience has questions or challenges or anything, if they want to know more, you know, they can visit my website, my blog, whatever, and we visit here. Very nice. Once again, Michael, thank you so much. Oh, wait, go ahead and, and plug your uh, website again. Oh, yeah. My website is called theyfly.com, and my blog, which is really happening a lot with people from all over the world now. We've had visitors from 196 countries. My blog is theyflyblog.com. Lots of discussion about anything you can imagine going on. So you're welcome to join us. Very nice. So once again, Michael, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you here on the program once again. We're, we're going to have to do this again. This is a great discussion. Well, thank you, my friend, for having me here. And uh, I await our next visit together. No doubt. Mahalo. Mahalo. Bye-bye, <laughs> Michael. Take care, Michael. And there he goes. That was Michael Horn. If you're listening to this on a replay, keep in mind you can listen every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's 11 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the TuneIn Radio app. And if you enjoy this program and want to help fund this little show here, go to michaeldeacon.com and click that Donate button. I definitely hope all of you boys and girls enjoy that program. It's been a great evening here. As usual, I bow my head in respect to all of you out there listening. It's always an honor and pleasure to be here before all of you. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. Like, you can just see it. How appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holmes right now. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents for one of the most incredibly well rounded Successful. Wallace, victory.